Welcome to Investing Insights, partnered by Right Property Group. This is your host, Phil Tarrant. G'day everyone, it's uh, Phil Tarrant here. I'm the host of the Smart Property Investment Show and uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us today on our special education series that we do in conjunction with the guys over at Right Property Group uh, called Investing Insights. Uh, and I'm joined today by uh, my regular co-host on this particular investment series. I've got Steve Waters and Victor Kumar. How you going, guys? Yeah, well, mate. How are good, you? Phil? Really good. Um, I've really enjoyed watching the popularity of these podcasts rocket since we launched them in September. September, yeah. October, sorry. No, it would have been October. So we've done two episodes so far. That's right. First one was on the 11 things successful property investors don't do. And uh, I thought it was a really nice way to approach uh, looking at um, some of the trials and tribulations of property investments. So make sure you check that one out. You should see it on this particular list on iTunes or on SoundCloud. That was topic number one. And um, the second topic we did, Victor, was around debunking the most popular property myths. Which, yeah, we uh, which became the Mythbusters. You are the Mythbusters. Right? Did you guys go and um, <laughs> <laughs> trademark property Mythbusters or I think done, we had a bit done of and dusted. around it? <laughs> done and dusted. That's all there. Show coming out soon. Are we still busting myths? Uh, you know, one month on from... Then Victor and uh, we had a chat about all the uh, the myths that uh, which we thought uh, sometimes inhibit people from being better property investors. They're also happening, aren't they? Oh, absolutely, they are. Yeah. Yeah, especially coming into the silly season as well. At this time, people tend to shut off, and then other other people sort of think that there's going to be bargains all around. It comes back to where you look as well. And I think that's probably a good segue into uh, our third topic on our education series, investing insights, really around. Um, Goal setting and and the timing for this particular podcast is is right, Victor. In terms of uh, it's now coming up to Christmas, we're only mm. literally uh, a week or so away uh, from it, which is a great time to sit back and uh, pick up a fishing rod and a cold can of beer and uh, and relax and uh, uh, reflect on the year just passed. But um, I think for a lot of people and and for me personally, I really use the time over Christmas to uh, get in a bit of a different headspace to think about the year ahead. Uh, so I'd like today to um, to base this episode of the education series on just picking your guys' brains on the best way to go about goal setting and, and getting in the right sort of headspace for property investing uh, in a period ahead. So uh, we're moving into uh, 2017 and uh, the year has flown by. Absolutely um, has. And markets are changing, interest rates are changing, uh, bank appetite towards lending is changing. You have certain markets in Australia which are are hemorrhaging and we were just chatting very quickly off air around what's going on in Perth right now mm. uh, then you read stuff in in the paper and they're talking about uh, you know Sydney prices are still rocketing and if you look at auction clearance rates in in Sydney and Melbourne over the last sort of couple of weeks uh, the market isn't slowing down at all is it not at all not at all, not at all. Yeah. but I think you know, we, we, just very quickly if we talk about the auction clearance rates I think you've got to be very certain which area you're talking about some areas they've tapered right off and others are still booming so I think as you take the average they're pretty healthy they're pretty healthy which is good for property investors it so is. I had a really good chat with an economist uh, well two different economists recently the, the, the NAB's chief economist uh, Alan Oster uh, had a really good chat with him around residential property dynamics and also had a really good chat with um, Chris Joy who uh, contributing editor for the Financial Review and they both gave sort of their different impressions about uh, residential property and Chris was very much around uh, Sydney and Melbourne to slow mm. down and, and potentially go backwards. Mm. Um, and Alan had a more sort of tempered approach to it all. But by and large, both those guys talked about the long-term prospects for Australian property and the fact that it is a very good 
asset class for Australians to build wealth. Markets do change and you need to time markets correctly in order to capitalise on it. That said, and in the context of goal setting, I think most Australians can confidently go into investing in property as a wealth building tool, but it just comes down to making sure they know what their strategy is and those goals around setting that strategy and buying in the right places. And that's pretty much where you guys come in. Absolutely. And and that's the key, Phil, you, you uh, sort of mentioned in terms of um, property being a long-term thing. And that's what people tend to forget is they tend to try and get an instant result. Yes, it is possible, but true wealth in property takes time. You need to give it time. You need to, even if you're starting on a new strategy with uh, property investing, I mean, you've got to give it enough time to gain traction to see the results. Uh, otherwise, all you're doing is chopping and changing your strategies and, and uh, realigning yourself to the new fad or the greatest seminar that's out there at the moment. Uh, and you find that you are always having to chase your tail and we we Steve, we see this all the time where people are are being swayed off the fundamentals and mm. uh, when you look at goals and when you look at you know this time of the year setting things up uh, for for the rest of uh, next year if you don't have that in mind and, and don't have a long-term approach in mind you're more likely to make mistakes in the terms of goals though uh, some people would like to talk about goals and in terms of a result for us we look at more of a more of a business plan yeah, scenario. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's a better to, way of putting as, it. As yeah. opposed to goal setting. Yeah, you can always say, oh, look, I want to get 10 properties this year, but if you've got no business plan to help achieve that, well, then it's just a goal. You know, yeah. It's, there's nothing there really attainable or achievable. That's right. And you have to be realistic. You know, if, you, if, you're wanting, you know, if you're saying that you want 10 properties this year uh, and you've only got 100K and you've, you've just started a new job, Chances are that you're just setting yourself up for failure. Well, you've got to be real, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Otherwise, you set yourself up for disappointment. If we opened up a textbook and spoke about goal setting, and, mm-hmm. and people get carried away with the formal concept of goal setting, I yeah. think what this podcast is about is a very organic thing. It's about just setting yourself a direction and setting yourself a direction in 2017. But if you open up a textbook and look at goal setting, you'll hear about sort of SMART goals. Mm-hmm. Now, what's, what are SMART goals? And you sort of alluded to this very quickly, Steve. SMART, so the S would be specific, M would be measurable, A would be achievable, R would be realistic, and T would be time. Now, it's not a bad way to frame how you go about building a business plan, as you're saying, around your property investing. You want to have specific goals. You want your goals to be measurable. So how do you reflect to see whether or not you're actually achieving them? You want them to be achievable. And a lot of people go into property investing and say, I want to buy 10 properties in a year and they've just started a new job, etc." Mm. So that's not really achievable. Then to be realistic and then it'd be time bound. So I don't want to get too theoretical with this, um, but I think in terms of getting yourself in, in the right mindset to be a better property investor, is probably a much better way to think about this. So from what you've seen, Victor, uh, with your clients and those clients of yours, which have gone about building good, healthy, largest size portfolios, how would you sort of explain their mindsets? What, what do they do really well that you think our listeners could take a leaf out of their book? The first thing I think, and, and this is just not limited to our clients, this is even, um, you know, if you look at it from a general perspective as well, once you've set, set your milestones and, and so forth, you need to then latch onto someone that can actually get you uh, to that, to that, whether they've gone through the journey themselves or there's a uh, group that that can help you. So, uh, as an example, one of the things we do, uh, which we've uh, Steve and I've been doing for well over eight years, is we run an open forum uh, where, on a monthly basis, we we uh, allow these investors to come in and and network and and 
leverage off each other's knowledge and and leverage off our knowledge and you need to surround yourself in that environment so that you can actually continue building on the foundation that you've set so you you've set your goal as an example of of getting you know take Steve's example of 10 properties first of all of course you got to make sure it's realistic but let's say it was you then need to surround yourself with other people that have done something similar so that you know you're not reinventing the wheel and uh, you, what you find then is that uh, the journey is far easier uh, and then of course uh, you got to come back and relook at at uh, your milestones over and over again because life life happens um, uh, things change focuses change and you can't set set uh, things in motion uh, now and then expect it to remain static in 12 months time um, because the economy changes the property market changes your job situation may change in terms of the mindset that good property investors get into um you talk about goal setting or or, or having a plan in place a roadmap uh, to get where you where you want to get and and that is a plan which is typically influenced by a number of different factors one mm. would be your capacity to earn income to therefore service or or secure a mortgage uh, another one would be uh, your life goals another one would be your maturity of your life as well so mm. you might be early on you might be in your 20s or you might be looking for creating a family or you might be on the back side of it so there's a lot of things which will influence the way in which a property investor will set a roadmap and i know you guys work quite closely with your clients in, in helping developing those roadmaps and and also advocating uh, the role of a very good accountant as part of that process. But for me and what I've seen watching you guys over the years is that uh, the whole sense of community uh, is key for property investing. So uh, I'm a very I'm a big advocate for that people pay mm. for advice, um, good advice. But you don't always have to pay for advice as well because what you said, if you surround yourself with people who are doing similar things or more advanced than yeah, you... Yeah, surround yourself with doers. With doers. And it's the same, you know, I, I play tennis. I don't want to play tennis with someone who's worse than me because I don't improve. Yeah. You know, I want to play tennis with someone who's better than me because mm-hmm. I play up to their level. So same same exists with property investing, doesn't it, Steve? <laughs> so, I'm just trying... <laughs> I'm just... Picturing you playing tennis, you know, the sweat band and everything. That's as far as I get that out of my head. I've got, right? got a big serve. <laughs> It'd probably do the McEnroe now. Throw a tantrum. Look, you don't disrespect the analogy. I thought it was pretty good, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm the king of analogies, not oh, you. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go with that, right? Yeah. Look, just coming back to surrounding yourself with with like-minded people is important. It's really hard to achieve a goal if you're just going to go one out by yourself. And Victor mentioned the open forums that we hold and, and you mentioned the fee for service. Uh, yeah, we encourage people to come along to ours and you know, if you don't use us, you don't use us, but absorb as much knowledge as you can, surround yourself with the positive people. We do. If we can learn something new every day about investing, that's awesome. If someone can show me how to paint a property quicker, faster, cheaper, I'm all for it. But you do need to surround yourself with the people, otherwise it, it's, it's just too hard. And that, that means everything from... Yeah, you know, it's property strategists through to accountants, painters, plumbers, property managers. All it's a it's a big team. And what I find interesting about property investing or property investors, and uh, it took me a little while to work this out, and it was a bit of a realization for me when I went. If you listen to this podcast, you might be doing the same as well. If you're new to investing or thinking about investing, is that you think property investors are a particular type of person or mm-hmm. people? I can unequivocally say that property investors come in all shapes and sizes. Absolutely, uh, you be surprised the investors that I run into, and um, you know there is you cannot stereotype what a property investor. Not at is all. like, and you must see them. The people you work with, the diversity of people, huge. Yeah, it's huge, and. Yeah, you know, it's and this once again comes back to the type of person is or the goals. Yeah, you know, one thing that they do all have in common is that they do have a goal, and in some way, shape, or form, they're driven. Yeah, absolutely. Know, and, and they hold themselves responsible 
for whatever the outcome may be. The key is that you know you you have to uh, make sure that you've written those goals down whichever way what whatever works for you so you've written them down and then you're actually reviewing them quite regularly it's not you know write down the goals in the beginning of the year and then forget all about it and next year when you open open the book it's there and he said oh did i put that down and and part of uh, what i do i actually set my goals between boxing day and new year so i i've actually got my goals and i'm hitting the ground running on 1st of january and i've done that for years now and um uh, steve you remember when um, when i showed the um, original book that i have a lot of those have been ticked off some of them have you know uh, i go back to them and say what was i thinking you know that that's silly it's it's shooting for the stars and it's never going to happen uh, given the changes that have happened in my life um so it's it's important to also keep your old goals parked aside and still available to review because it shows also how well you've grown in terms of your mindset over the years as you, as you become more and more cluey with with your property investments and in life in general talking about mindset and this is a lot the the concept of mindset because how you're thinking or feeling is going to dictate the actions that you make or the the activities that you do when you talk about mindset with property investors typically there's an on or off button it's whether mm. I'm a property investor and yes I'm investing or yes I like the idea of property investing and I'll talk about it till the cows come home but I'll never actually do anything about it yes. is that a fair sort of split between the haves and haves nots yeah, yeah yeah it's a really good analogy actually another um, analogy I'm yet to come up with one most people would say keep away from those type of naysayers mm. so to speak um, yeah but if I take myself I actually like to surround myself in small portions, you know, with the naysayers, because it's for me, it's motivation. Yeah, you know, it's good research, right? Yeah, well, it's great research. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, go to a, a potential property investor that's never going to do it, and they'll give you every reason why not to invest in area. It's, you know, it, form, it should form part of your research. Mm. But surrounding yourself with, once again, both types of people is inevitable. So you just need to mitigate that some way, shape, or form if you're going to be susceptible to it. But I think coming back uh, to goals and having some tangible goal is is very very important so often when we sit down with our clients and we say well what are your goals a lot of them really or well, not a lot of them some of them have no idea where to start so we often talk about well how about replacing your income because you know your you know what your income is and it's it's something that we all want to sort of eradicate somewhere or mm. replace yeah. uh, in the future so if you haven't got a goal maybe using your income is a good start and then you can adjust it accordingly from there and then in a very short version what we do is we reverse engineer it all the way back to the beginning in terms of property and how to start one of the things we we came up with steve was um you know designing the decade which was um coming uh, you know set up set up the decade first so uh within a decade you're replacing your income then you coming back and setting a milestone to say okay 2017 this is what i'm doing uh, i'm buying one property a quarter this is what the properties look like not necessarily where they are this is what they look like in terms of numbers by numbers i mean cash flow so that you know when you're investing and and when you're becoming uh, aggressive in terms of your goals and goal setting you're not painting yourself into a corner where the interest rate's gone up by one basis point and then you know you, you're struggling so you're always always addressing the cash flow never the number of properties that happens in the background the equity happens in the background all you're doing is is addressing the cash flow first and foremost so that you are able to then hold on to the equity you're building in terms of of the uh, strategies that you put in place once you've done that um uh, obviously you need to absolutely make sure that 
you take some firm action pretty much straight away. Don't leave it till February to get started when, when the kids are back at school or batted down in your job and all that sort of stuff. It's already too late. And I think that's where fundamentally people go wrong, uh, as you say, Vic, because people tend to think that the ultimate goal is the, is the wealth, and it is, um, but they tend to forget about the cash flow right. along the way because you can have all the equity in the world and all the wealth in the world in terms of asset value. Yeah, you want to control the equity. wealth with cash flow, right? Exactly. Yeah. But if you haven't got the cash flow to support it, well, then you've got nothing. If you go back to the GFC, no one went into liquidation or was bankrupted from lack of equity. It was always lack of cash flow. And I tend to think people forget that. And you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say this property cycle, people now, investors now, are starting to just concentrate on equity growth, equity growth. They're forgetting that cash flow is king. And that doesn't mean, as a side note, that you go to some one-trick pony town and invest in mining stock uh, or mining Still properties. Still the fundamentals. Yeah, the fundamentals yeah. have got to be there. But people have forgotten that cash flow is king and somewhere in the future whether it's one month one year ten years people are going to hurt unfortunately and it'll be because of lack flow so lack of cash flow so if you address that fundamental as part of your goal so that should be the first cab off the rank is i've got to control my cash flow and that might be your bad debt might Mm. be credit card debt it might be your your income whatever it may be to be able to qualify for a loan well then that should be your first goal is to control that portion of your cash flow before you can actually look to the end goal. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and further from that, then we also then uh, nominate the amount of cash flow per week that, that we are putting aside to help with our property investing journey. So is it is it only a $50 a week that we can put aside or is it $500 a week we can put aside to hold properties? Because then right. that will right. determine yeah. what type of property, right? And that 50, just to, I suppose, clarify that $50 a week is not what you put into savings. It's the negative cash flow component, Correct. which is as usual, pre-tax dollars. We don't take the you know, the tax or the gearing into into account. And that's- Always think gross, not net. Always Correct. gross, always. Well, net when you talk about your cash flow, but you know, people tend to think that, well, you know, if I can afford $200 a week now, as an example, and I'm gonna get that back in tax, that's a pretty dangerous position. And, you know, we've often, there's been a hundred podcasts and a hundred articles about why you should not really care about negative gearing. Yeah, don't sugarcoat it with, with the tax benefits. Yeah, because Absolutely. they can change. Yeah, it's an outcome. Yeah. Outcome yeah, investor. Right. What I take from that short dialogue you guys had was if I'm a property investor new to the industry or new to the market and uh, I'm starting off, I need to first think what is my appetite for being able to cash into my portfolio over time? So if I'm a, a young guy or a girl and I'm 22 years old and I'm out drinking beer and wanting to travel the world and do all that sort of stuff, how much am I willing to sacrifice? to hold property now if you're in 30s or 40s what is your capacity to be able to hold the property not considering the tax benefits so it's very much around your risk appetite it's very much around your lifestyle it's very much around how you choose to want to live your life Uh, if you're happy lying in bed every night worrying about uh, finding two three four thousand dollars a week uh, to top up your uh, property portfolio that's fine if you don't want to be in that position you need to be thinking about cash flow very early because that will determine and dictate the properties that you choose to buy and Mm. hold but also your overall sort of investing strategy moving forward that comes back a little bit to what victor was saying earlier on in terms of you know you're not this is not a get rich quick scheme overnight and unfortunately what we're seeing a lot of the the media are the, the the wins or the result, but they don't perhaps know the the figures or the or the story behind it that they've been, you know, working for ten years to save up ample deposits or the sacrifices they've made. And I'm not saying that everybody should sacrifice and live on two minute noodles, but 
obviously there are going to be some sacrifices as time goes on, whether it's time, cash flow, mm. or even opportunity. Yeah, so all, all of these wins, it's, it's like the iceberg. You're seeing one third on top, but no one sees the two thirds at the, at the bottom. Absolutely. So I got an analogy in. There you go. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm lagging here. I, I thought it was only zero. 10% above water. <laughs> I thought 90% was under. No, yeah. this is heavy ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a really good point because this is, uh, and, and, and anyone that's listened to any of the uh, Smart Property Investment podcasts before, I, I, I've spoken about, the rationale for us to to create smart property investment a lot of it was this around the truth around the truth yeah. you know mm-hmm. all the bullshit yeah. which there is plenty of in property investment absolutely um and a lot of that stems from uh some unscrupulous operators tying up aussies into properties that they shouldn't be buying let's call them what they are they're property spruikers and yep. uh, there's been a history of that that's right and a lot of them are wrapped up in cliches you know yeah this is this going value overnight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get rich quick Property investment strategy. Sorry to dispel anyone's uh, uh, dreams of this, but it doesn't exist. And if it does exist, you're doing something which is so risky, risky. Or, or, or potentially illegal yeah. uh, that it's just not going to work. So, uh, and to be fair, though, there might also be a portion of luck. In absolutely, there, luck in there is luck. Take the Sydney market. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think anybody thought that we're going to have the vertical growth that we had. You know, you should account for the worst, and anything above that's a bonus. I'm a bit of a product of luck myself. No, you're not. Or you good met fortune. Us. <laughs> <laughs> good fortune. But, but it's funny because there's, there's a lot of different things which are going to influence the success of your portfolio. Now, I'd I'd like to think that we've bought well, and we've bought well because we've had good advice. The good advice that we've had is is you guys putting us into the right properties at the right time, and that's smart business on my behalf to to get you guys to do that and I highly recommend to all our listeners to to think about who can help play that role in your portfolio but we bought in areas of Western Sydney which which was before the market peaked so we saw quite a considerable upside but even when it started to slow those things just keep going up and I'd say that's that's a result of market dynamics. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It and is. are we lucky because of that? Well, maybe, you know, so there's a little bit of good fortune in there but we've done the stuff that we should have done right and that is we've bought properties in areas which are going to go up in value over time, not just immediately over a year or two, but consistently over time. And they don't cost us too much to hold them. So that whole exactly. lie in bed and sleeping, I don't think about my property portfolio at all when I'm and that's worrying about For stuff. someone like like you that, you know, yeah. and like extremely, the yeah. yeah, every dollar, every cent conscious yeah. and has perhaps a low risk threshold mm. yeah and if you can sleep at night that's that's awesome and I mean, that's doing its job that's yeah, correct yeah. yeah and and in terms of my personal goal setting or or mindset around property is that I want to create wealth through property amongst other asset classes that I invest in but property is a a primary wealth creation tool for me but when I started doing it obviously outside of the reasons for doing it for smart property investment which is a great story and I really like to share the story I said to my wife um, my then girlfriend at the time Victoria I said I don't want us to worry about money. I don't want to bring any pressures in into our family, which is money related in terms of property. And I don't want to be spending all of my time at night searching for property or, or considering property. And I don't want to spend my weekends running around looking at properties. Uh, I'm happy to get involved in renos because I quite enjoy it, but not too often. But that was sort of three sort of principal pillars for me, which helped shape the way in which I went about building a portfolio. And because I had those decisions and I had that particular mindset, it shaped the way in which I went about it. And one of them was to work with guys like you to do that grunt work, the, the actual hardcore work that needs to get done to be successful in property investing for me. And that mindset works for me. It might not work for everyone. Some people mm. love Need to be looking at properties. Yeah. You know, some people want to spend all weekend doing it. Great, brilliant. You know, which uh, essentially is you, us. Which is you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just on that point, Steve, um, in terms of mindset and, and something I would communicate to our listeners is that I'm a professional property investor. I do a lot of things, but you know, I'm pretty serious about property investing. I view it as a business and I'm happy to invest 
in my business to make it the best business possible. And as a result of that, I get guys like you to work for me to do that. People who do not view property investing that way, who are out there happy being part-time uh, people sort of kicking tires at, at, at properties on the weekends, when they're looking through an open house, you guys are there as well. Mm. And you guys are infinitely more advanced and superior and knowledgeable than what they are. So our listeners need to understand that it, property investment is competitive. You've yeah, got very. guys like me in the marketplace who have armed with so many more advantages than what they do. So contextually, you need to be think about that in terms of building a goal, a strategy, a mindset that you're competing against guys who are infinitely better than you. It's like another analogy going to a soccer field as a uh, you know a mid-range team and, and playing against someone in the FA Cup right you're yep. going to get slaughtered absolutely so, are you okay with that analogy it's yeah right. yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I got to keep up now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Phil you, you hit the nail on the head right so um, when, when you're talking about goals people tend to um, attach too much emotion to it in, in the sense that they're looking at it the same decision making process they have as to you know, and, and, and I mean it in the in the best way possible, you know, what they're going to have for dinner. But this has to have a business approach to it and have those milestones in place. So when you're setting your goals, when, you, when you're deciding your mindset, deciding on who to use use, and, and, and all, all of those, you need to look, approach it very much as a business transaction and say that this is something that will get me uh, the lifestyle or the choices or, you know, whatever the, the end goal is by doing x y and z and then you set your milestones and it could be as simple as if you've got the capacity if you've got the ability uh, whether you can tap into a, a, a network a service provider or doing it yourself buy one property a quarter so long as you're addressing the cash flow and you're able to qualify for the loans and you're not putting yourself at extreme risk uh, of losing your home or, or, or losing your mind, buy, buy one property a quarter. It is as simple as it can get. Yeah, well, it's, even before that, just buy one property. Like yeah, just yeah, start, exactly. Start, start the one start, property. Yeah. And, and Set the goal can, and start. Absolutely, because that can be a bit of a problem as well. People say, well, I need to control, let's say, 10 properties just as an end result. You know, that's a big chunk of someone's mindset in terms of debt management and everything else and how do I get there, all the what-ifs, what if the market goes up, down, sideways rates, so on and so forth. So if you just start with one, bet it in, and if that's all you ever did, you're still ahead of the curve. And I think in terms of, because you mentioned that the end goal, and I, and I don't think people really, I think they, they put a lot of emphasis in terms of starting, which is, which is awesome, that's cool, but they don't have any real clue about the end result so what is the end result and i mentioned earlier about maybe replacing your income but how are you going to get there how, how are you going to do it you just know that you need to control x amount of properties sounds like another podcast topic to me could be right yes. it's, um, <laughs> but when we talk about replacing your income you know well, how are you going to do that are you going to retire the debt i can you know people that have often heard us speak we're all about retiring debt you know and there are a lot of people that would disagree with us on that you know they say well you should never pay your properties out you know there should be some sort of a debt attached to it or you know never sell property whatever it may be uh, for us, you know, the best asset you can control in terms of my goals or, or Victor's goals, or whatever it may be, is to have no debt against my property. And if that means quite simply I need to control 10 properties to sell five to pay out the other five, just you know, very vaguely speaking, then that's my end goal. I have no debt, no one controls me, and you know, I'm master of my own universe, so to speak. That's the idea about investing in property building portfolio. It gives you a choice. It gives you options. That's right. And options at some point in time. And, and just to pick up a point that you made, Victor, and we're running out of time, so I'll be quick with this, is that you spoke about losing your mind. And I think um, 
in terms of mindset and goal setting, for, for me, investing in property, yes, it's a wealth building tool, but Jesus Christ, I have a lot of fun doing it as well. And the important thing is fun. Uh, a lot of people investing in property is that you need to think about how it's going to influence your mental health. And if it's negative for you in investing in property because of the strain it places on the way you are or the way you're wired or, or the influences it has on your family life or your household financing and stuff, you really need to consider those things because that should be fundamental to any mm-hmm. mindset in investing in property is that a healthy portfolio and a healthy portfolio is obviously something which is going up in value. It's not costing you too much to hold or it's positively geared. But healthy also is that you yourself stay healthy around it mentally. You don't want it to be bringing you back on a physical or, or, or a mental yeah, level. Yeah, got to be around to enjoy it as well. Yeah. Well, that will only really happen is if you're not looking after it or you know other circumstances take place. But if it's if it's bleeding you badly, that's going to put the pressure on you. And that all comes back to being able to control your own business and you know, have a vested interest, not just in the obviously the property, but the economy as well. Look yeah. what it's doing. It's good. Okay. We've spoken about some, some different concepts here. Uh, where, where can our listeners go to find out more about uh, some of the... Uh, scenarios around sort of cash flow or, or working out your cash flow uh, requirements or limitations can come and talk to you guys. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, you know, contact us via the, the website. And yeah. I believe we have questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. Questions at rightpropertygroup.com.au. That's, That's okay. correct. And if you're in Sydney or Melbourne, just come along to the open forums we have on the either the first Tuesday or the last Tuesday. Thursday of every month, depending on which state. How do you find out about those? Go to the website. Or go to our Facebook page. Or our yeah. Facebook page. And um, the topics are up well before the event. Cost $10 to get in just to help us pay for the room. And once again, we have, we'll have guest speakers about different topics and ourselves, of course, and it's just an open forum. No pressure, safe place is what we like to call it. There's no sales. No sales, no sales you're not, not oh, I can say that I've, yeah. I've been. I've actually presented at some of these. You have yeah. I've been. They're, they're good. It's um, I guess one of the key things I take out of this this podcast in terms of developing your mindset and goal setting, uh, ability to set goals, but also your goals is surround yourself with people who are doing similar things would be a key thing. So I'm sure people appreciate getting involved in in your network because it's a strong network and they're all very different people as well. Very, very, very different people. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you coming in and uh, uh, joining us again for our uh, education series, uh, Investing Insights with Smart Property Group and Smart Property Group. It's a new one. There you <laughs> go, a new venture. <laughs> Investing Insights with uh, Smart Property Investment. Was that Investment. an analogy? Yeah. <laughs> Investing Insights with uh, Smart Property Investment and the right property group. Um, I really enjoy the collaboration, guys. Uh, I think um, I think we're delivering something which is value to our listeners. So um, let's do it again next month for uh, topic four, where we're going to talk about uh, investing in units versus houses. So is there a right answer? Look forward to it. Yeah, leave you guys waiting for another month. But um, remember to check out our other episodes. Uh, Our first episode was 11 Things Successful Property Investors Don't Do. And uh, our second topic was debunking the most popular property myths. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next month. Bye-bye. 